All right, so hi, my name is Betty Miller. I am the culinary coordinator here at Glorioso's Appetito. So if last year you took a hands-on class when we were in person, you would remember me being in the classroom, helping out the chef, clearing dishes, putting dishes in front of you, so on and so forth. If you've taken a class as of late, virtually, I am the moderator of those classes. But today, we are in the living room at Glorioso's Appetito, and I have the great honor of sitting down with the legendary Felix Glorioso. Oh, you're going to give me a big head. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. You should have a big head. Could be. This is, this is quite an honor. So, um, we thought maybe we would talk about different Sicilian specialty dishes that go with different holidays. And you are the best person to discuss that with. It's only because I'm the oldest. (laughs) And and I've been around (laughs) for a lot of this stuff. Um, Growing up on the east side, Brady Street was, and this area was probably 60% Italian. Mm -hmm. And that 60% probably... 55, 70% of that was off the boat Italians. So right. all the traditions at the church, St. Rita's, was the Italian church. Mm-hmm. And all these traditions were kept alive for generations. And I'm third generation in this country. And I learned from my mom. I learned from my grandparents. And my wife was Sicilian. And... Her family, so we're all like purebreds. Right, right. And uh, I thought it was very important to keep the traditions up because we tend to get lost in being American, and that's why we're here is for a better life. But I think it's important to remember your past and your traditions so you can appreciate what you have in this country. Absolutely. And uh, the first big holiday after Christmas and New Year's is the Feast of San Giuseppe, St. Joseph's Day. Right. And traditionally in Sicily, especially in here in in Milwaukee and around the United States and Italian neighborhoods, they have what they call the tavolata, which everybody brings a dish that goes on this table. And the ladies and the men make a pasta dish called pasta con sardi, which is a pasta dish with fresh sardines, Mm -hmm. uh, currants, raisins, tomato and fennel. And it is given away to anybody that comes into the church. If you want to donate, you can donate. And then people bid on the table. There might be spadini, there might be brujoli, there might be lamb, there might be vila sobuco, desserts, panettone, uh, lemoncello cakes, uh, tiramisu, cannolis, cookies. And this is all done to raise money for the church. Now, anybody that's generally San Giuseppe, they at this who's named Joseph, they will have a little like gift box, which is a a loaf of bread or a roll Mm -hmm. that's unleavened. And then a couple of fava beans, which were given away because they could grow and feed people. And then uh, sometimes an orange or a piece of fruit, because which fruit was a big deal, it would uh, signify a certain wealth. Right, right. And pasta consardi is fairly easy to make. If you don't want to make it from scratch, we sell a can of it mm-hmm. that you can just warm up with a little olive oil and toss your pasta in, and you can serve it hot like that. Some people bake it, and very traditionally, you top it with toasted breadcrumbs, not cheese. Right, right. I'm not totally uh, traditional, so I do both the cheese <laughs> and the breadcrumbs. Makes it more delicious. Little, yeah, it's a delicious combination. But that's San Giuseppe. So, so this was a gathering then in the church. It was a, yes. a community gathering. Yes, usually Sunday mornings. Everybody mm-hmm. would they'd set up Saturday, some of it, and then they would Sunday, usually after the last mass, they would open up the hall of church, or at least they did at St. Rita's. Right. And everybody would file in, and they'd get their little plate of pasta. They'd sit down and socialize. They'd bid on the individual dishes. And go home with supper for the next day, or they would donate it back to somebody that needed it. Yeah, that's that's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. So, does that still go on today? 
Uh, Do you know? Since Saint, they tore down St. Rita's. Right. I am going to assume, and I hate to do that, they're going to have it this year because they're opening up the church this weekend right. for, or February 10th, rather, for the first spaghetti dinner since the new church has been built. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And then um, the Italian Community Center has a tavolata. Mm-hmm. And then another group has a tavolata at Aliotos on Highway 100. Right, right. Now, I'm not sure with the COVID if that's going to go on again or not, mm-hmm. but I hope it does. So, but in general, if we didn't have COVID... This tradition on. still lives on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, so I grew up in Appleton where there are no Italians. It's German, Dutch, mm-hmm. Polish. So, and I grew up in a Catholic community, but I never heard of this before, even though my mom is Italian. Now, maybe if I was raised in New Jersey, I bet they do it there and that yeah. their communities. It's so, a very Sicilian holiday. Mm-hmm. They do it in Northern Italy and Italy proper. But the Sicilians really go overboard with it because it's a chance to give back. Because most of them are fishermen. There's a fragger right. called, you know, mm-hmm. the farmers. They grow the oranges and that. But it's a way to show their appreciation for what St. Joseph means to them. Yeah, that's something. Uh, religion is very important. Even though a lot of the Sicilian men aren't necessarily very religious, <laughs> it's their time to make peace with God. You know? Right. Put the little money in the bank for yeah. all the sins they committed mm-hmm. being part of yep. the year. Yeah. But the women do, are, are the ones that really carry it on. We always are, usually. Yeah. The, the Joes and the Josephines. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's something, though. I like that. I like that story. So yeah. last year, so last year, you were our last cooking class at right. Appetito before we shut down. And this is, those are the dishes that you made for us in right. class. Yeah. I did the pasta concerti and I did the paco fico. Right. Which is, uh, you can find a spadini recipe and substitute the meat with smelts or fresh sardines if you can find nice fresh sardines. Fresh sardines are really a tough call in the Midwest, especially this time of the year. But smelts are readily available. Now, sometimes they're a little smaller, but you can can fake it. You can open up stuff and make the mix with the breadcrumbs and and the pine nuts and the raisins, lemon juice, and then bake them. And, you know... I can eat until I get sick. I mean, yeah, they're delicious. That was the first time I had ever had that dish. Yeah. yeah. That dish. So, yeah, so that's a nice holiday. What a great community tradition. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so let's see. After Feast of St. Joseph, we have, well, for me, it would go right to Easter. It would go to Easter. I don't know if there's anything in between. No, no, there really isn't. Uh, depending on what town you come from, Mm because every town has its own patron saint. Right. And there may be something else going on there. But the big one is St. Joseph and then Easter, which the the big thing is usually the roasted lamb right. with uh, light tomato, garlic, and artichoke hearts. And then uh, the pizza de ustica, the meat pie. Okay, see, uh, I don't know that one either. Yeah, we sell so, it in the counter. We have it right? in the deli. Mm-hmm. But that's very traditional around Palermo, uh, Aspra, Portogello, that whole area. And it's a mess of cold cuts, salami, prosciutto, cheeses, eggs, ricotta, and it's baked in a, in a, a pie tin. Oh, nice. Okay. And they're really rich, and that's usually your antipasto besides your other antipasto. That's, right. that's the headliner. And right. And your salami and olives and that, and then your, my mother would make what they call macaroni, mm-hmm. which is fresh macaroni. But she would do it the old-fashioned way. She'd use the fettuccine cutter mm-hmm. on the pizza, uh, pizza, the pasta machine, and then lay them out flat and get the straws from the broom and put them in the middle and then hand roll them. Wow. So we'd have the whole dining room table filled. She'd make maybe five, eight pounds at a time and then dry them wow. a little bit. what a treat. And then the sauce usually for Easter was... Um, maybe kind of like what she did for Christmas, but not quite as elaborate. So there'd be brujoli and meatballs in mm-hmm. there. So heavier sauce. Sausage, yeah. Nice. You know, so what's fun. your favorite memory from Easter as a kid? My mother told us the story that when she was a kid, my grandmother would make meatballs. And one of the meatballs had a cotton ball in it. <laughs> now, this is back in Depression days. So yeah. whoever got the meatball with the cotton ball got a quarter. 
<laughs> so she thought it'd be funny to eat it to do that again. Well, I got the meatball, but I had a big mouth and a voracious appetite. <laughs> so I ate the whole damn thing and almost choked to death on oh the my cotton God. ball. So if she never did that again, she felt guilty about it. God, that's funny. It, it taught me to slow down when I eat. Yeah. But she would make a cassada cake, the cannoli cake. Oh, okay. And yeah. that was and uh, that was always a big thing with the glazed fruit on it. Mm-hmm. And she would slice the orange rind, uh, glazed orange rind and lemon and decorate it. And she was really good at it. But we had a guy that worked in the store here, Matteo Tormina, that was a baker in Italy. And he made them here. And Matteo's cassada cake was to die for. Nice. And I can still taste it to this day. And he's been gone a good 10 years. Wow, Nice. Do we, we don't do that at the store, though, do we? We do the cassettini. Yeah. Yeah, we have okay. the cassettinis, right? The little ones. And those are yep. bad enough because, one, they're very rich. They right. the almond paste on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, the big ones are expensive. We had, um, who made it? Um, Carol Confident made it for his wife, Rosa. Made one for us for a special order, and I think it was like 70 bucks wow. for a 10-inch. But it was like three inches thick, and it's super rich. Yeah. I tried a Cassatini. I could only have like one bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Super rich. Yeah. yeah. So we, so, oh yeah. You know, the yep. The American side, the ham. I know. I didn't know that was such an American thing, but everyone like has ham on Easter. And I'm mm-hmm. always like, why? Why does everyone have a ham on Easter? I think because it's easier to make. Probably, right? You know, it's I grew of, up, we grew up with like a lamb on Easter with uh, mint. Mm-hmm. Always. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I can still smell it when you open the jar. <laughs> yeah, George from the Grecian Inn taught me how to do it Greek style, which isn't a lot different than the way my mom did it, traditionally Sicilian, except that he used fresh lemon juice and slices of lemon and just smothered it with the, the fresh lemon and the garlic. Oh, yeah, a lot actually. than what we do. Right, right. You know, we did more subtle to taste the meat. Yeah, yeah. But Greek style ain't bad either. I know, right? It's close. Yeah. It's a close. Yeah, that's close enough. Yeah, it's yeah, close enough. Yeah, we can throw darts in each other right? across the, the <laughs> okay. Um The next holiday after Easter is actually St. Anthony, which is another one of those festivals that's usually celebrated over 10 to 14 days. Um, not at the church, usually somebody's house. And you fast during the day for the most part, mm-hmm. and at night you have a prayer service. Uh, usually one of the ladies will head up the prayer. Sometimes a priest comes over. Usually a priest comes over on the first day and the last day. Okay. And all kind of food is made and given out. Whoever wow. shows up to pray, uh, typical Sicilian, the women are inside praying, the guys mm-hmm. are out on the porch smoking <laughs> and having a beer. You know, uh, but the food is really good. And, uh, and what kind of food? Is there certain food associated very, very with basic, it? basic. Little pasta dishes, uh, sometimes with red sauce, sometimes the legulogu, the olive right. oil and garlic. Um, they'll do sausage maybe one day. They'll mm-hmm. do uh, pork medallions, um, beef. And, all and this things. is over the course of two weeks? Right. Wow. So all At the, the same house? At the same house, usually. Gosh, who who puts the their what do you call it the hat in the ring? To, yeah. <laughs> I'll have it at my house this year for two weeks. Very very traditional. Mrs. Yeah. Carini that lived up the street here, just mm-hmm. two blocks away, did it. When she passed away, her daughters kept it. Wow. So so that's the, something that still goes on. Yeah, starts uh, the end of May through June fourteenth, I think. Yeah, June thirteenth. And is that and is that traditionally Sicilian or is that that's Sicilian? It is okay. Yeah, that's the the feast of Saint Anthony's for the lost and for children. Right, so right. Some women have had a hard time getting pregnant, or they have a child that's sick. Mm-hmm. They'll go to that and they'll pray, and they use a light blue veil. Oh, really? They wear for the ten days. That's interesting. I this is a whole new world to me. Yeah, see, there's not this area here. Most of the Italian immigrants weren't Italian; they were Sicilian, mm-hmm. right? And that's how I learned it. All the old men in this area were Sicilian, so you know, we used, they used to have bocce games up the alley where we parked, where there were small warehouses. But well, we should bring that back. We can do you that know? on our lunch hour. 
Yeah. Get some bochi teams at work. That'd Back be at fun. that time, that was stone. It was all pebbles and dirt. Now it's, right. it's filled in. Right, right. One time they were playing, and mm-hmm. I had to get the truck to go on deliveries. <laughs> and the ball went on underneath the truck. Well, the old men wouldn't let me move the truck. They had to measure. <laughs> of course not. You know, and it was like the first ball they threw. Right. So I'm up there like 15 minutes waiting for them to stop arguing in that. My father hollers from down here, where the hell are you? So I said, I can't. The old men, they're playing balls under the truck. And then my grandfather hollers at my dad for hollering at me because they got to respect the old men that are up there. That's great. So finally, like 20 minutes after that, the play was over. I could move the truck. That's great. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> great priorities. The wine that was poured in that alley. <laughs> Yeah. Fill the alley up. Well, we sometimes we leave the door open for them. They keep the wine and peaches in our cooler. <laughs> nice. You never had to worry about anybody taking anything. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I love that. Oh, gosh. All so right. really, so really Milwaukee is heavily Sicilian. Right. Especially this area. I mean, I think about like we ask people that when they come to cooking classes and people from the area. I have yet to meet someone who said their ancestors are Italian. They all say Sicilian yep. in this area. Right. The Northern Italians are across Wisconsin Avenue. Oh, really? We're in Bayview, mm-hmm. that area, because most of them were metal workers and the foundries were there. Right. All right. Over here, they worked either in the food industry or down on Broadway, and then a few of them graduated and went to work for either the transport company, perhaps. Miller Beer, mm-hmm. uh, Schlitz, when they were here, American Motors, that's where they got their because they didn't travel far from home. Right, not right. All, not all of them had cars. Right. Especially the old men. Right. Yeah. Well, then that, and, and so it is nice that you have had such a strong enclave of Sicilians, or maybe these traditions would have mm-hmm. passed on. It would have been lost. Right. When I would, you know? I'm, I'm the third oldest of the grandchildren, or fourth oldest. But I spent a lot of time with my grandfather and spending a lot of time here, being with customers from the time I was five years old, basically, I learned Sicilian. So when I went to Italy in 63 and we were there four months and we spent two and a half months in Sicily, I really picked up on the Sicilian language. So when I came back home, I could talk to my grandfather more clearly. You know, so I would sit on his right hand. He'd make me the wine and peaches. Aww. You know, 10 years old, I'm smoking cigarettes with, <laughs> and drinking wine with my uncle. My mom couldn't do anything about it. Right. Because I was the oldest male glorioso in the village. Right. That's great. So I got away with a lot of stuff. And I tried stuff over there that you never see here anymore. Right. Blood sausage. They, they, Ooh, they, yeah. The people in the village couldn't get over the Basila Medigano. Love blood sausage, and we'd pinch the salt and have the beer. And I'd be out till midnight with my cousins, going to the different bars, eating lupini <laughs> beans, having beer. Yeah, you've lived a good life. I can't complain. No, you can't complain. Lived a great life. Okay, so what's next up on holidays? Uh, next, we've got All Saints Day with the Italian version of uh, Halloween. They right, Carnival. And that, that was big. And that's just generally mostly candies. Right. Yeah, the food was just normal food and that. But that's a three-day holiday in, in Sicily. You have October 31st, mm-hmm. November 1st, which is the actual Saints Day, and then November 2nd. So that goes on for like three days in Sicily, not necessarily here. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's usually more food on uh, the 31st and then... The kids go out trick-or-treating, their right. version of trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because they probably don't really have Halloween there, do they? That's Not a very like American. That, that's Carnival. Yeah, right, that's, right. It's more of a, a ball, uh, uh, a fancier social event. Right, right, you know? yeah. They might have it in the village, you know. And then you, you have the special church uh, saint uh, parties or, or festivals, uh, the big one in Sicily is the Madonna Lume in Porticello, which is a week-long festival. Wow. And the fireworks are phenomenal. The food is incredible. And it 
ends on the, su- the last Sunday of the fest, where you, if you're lucky, you can get on a fishing boat and you go out on the ocean to the point where they have the statue of uh, Jesus outstretched, mm-hmm. and the priest will say a prayer there, and then everybody will shoot fireworks off the boats, and then they'll come back, and then the whole party starts all over again. Oh, I love that. I was lucky enough I was on there twice. You were. Yeah. That's when was the last time you went to Sicily? Uh five years ago. Six right? years ago. I'm ready to go back. Yeah. Well, get this COVID thing gone and Yeah, I mean maybe we're worse off in Italy right now than we are. I'm gonna talk to my sister in law. They can't leave their house unless they have an actual note. They have to call the police station, they wow. call a note. They have to go to the pharmacy or the doctor or grocery shopping. Wow. If you're stopped and you don't have clearance, they issue back home. They yeah. I think it's $100. Americans American. don't know how good they have it. Think mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're coming to the end of that. So light so. at the end of the tunnel. So, be. but in the meantime, because of COVID, it's led us to doing podcasts, which is great. I, I mean, I get to see you at work and we get to talk, but to be able to do this and, you know, get your voice in the can, so to speak, for years and years to come. Did you hear that famous podcast with Felix Glorioso and Betty Miller? Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of interesting because, you know, the generation after me, a lot of them don't know a lot of this. Yeah. Um, they may be aware of it, becoming aware of it. Like one of my friends married a gal from Italy off mm-hmm. the boat, and his parents were more American and all Sicilian, but more American. Mm-hmm. And they didn't celebrate St. Joseph's Day or St. Anthony's. Yeah. Didn't even know about it. And then, you know, he had to take his wife to St. Anthony going, what the hell am I doing here? Right, right. You know? But, you know, I ask my cousins in New Jersey because I don't know. I've, you know, I left that whole Italian enclave when I was five. Mm-hmm. The only time we went back, you know, was in the summer, of course. So mm-hmm. I'll have to ask them if they carry any of that on. And one thing I forgot about uh, All Saints Day and Carnavali is they make a special cookie called Osso de Morte. Which is what kind of cookie? Dead man's bones. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's very simply flour, sugar, and cloves, ground cloves. But it's really involved. It takes seven days for the dough to form up, mm-hmm. and then you roll it out into bones or have special molds where you press it in. It's a crucifix or wow. a skull. Yeah. And they get, we bake them, they get real hard. The sugar comes out and burns with the cloves, and they're hard. They're great for dunking. Mm-hmm. And you get this nice clove flavor. My daughter knows how to make them, and it's an old family recipe. But uh, we made them. We sold them in the store a few years ago. They sold pretty good, but people don't. Yeah. You know, it's a Sicilian thing. Right. So only. Like, like a lot of things, it's a Sicilian <laughs> thing. <laughs> only the old timers are going to come and buy them. Yeah. Or tell you that they're not made properly. Right. Which exactly. we get a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing is. From village to village, you might have the same thing, called the same thing, right. but everybody makes it a little bit different. And, right. You know, I was on Milwaukee Foodie, and they're talking about the best Italian sausage in the area. Well, I said, I think ours is the best. Mm-hmm. But saying that, I've not had one bad Italian sausage that I wouldn't eat. Right, right. I've had Dentisi back in the day when they were open, you know. Uh, of the of the shops and on Johnsonville and Usinger's, it's sausage. It's not right. my idea of a giant sausage. Right. But the taste you grow up with as a kid is what you judge everything by. Right. My taste is different than yours. Right. My taste is different than Jeff's. Right. You know, and it goes back to sauce. Wow. Sauce. Everyone thinks they're sauce. They make it the right way. Right. But it depends on how you grew up. It depends on where you're from in Italy and exactly. sugar or no sugar. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, every that's sometimes I think it's the first conversation people have Italians have when they get together. What kind of tomatoes do you use? Mm-hmm. Do you put sugar in your sauce? Do you not put sugar in your sauce? Do you cook yeah. it all day? Do you not cook it all day? I've got a guy that swears by San Marzano tomatoes. Yeah, San Marzano tomatoes are reputed to be the best tomato in the world. 
I like domestic tomatoes, especially the ones that we're getting out of California from mm-hmm. Escalon. The six and one or the Bon de Paris. Love six and one. That's my favorite. But the bad thing is now it's only available in number 10 cans. Right. So six pounds. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You get some cork containers, you bust it down. You freeze, you freeze it. freeze it and you got it. Exactly. Uh, Red Gold packs a really good tomato, makes a good sauce. Cento has a good sauce, domestic. San Marzano's are excellent. I'm not saying you can't use them, don't use them. I'm right. just saying there's other alternatives. You don't mm-hmm. have to spend five bucks for a can of tomatoes. Yeah. And then strain them and do all that work. Right. You want to do it, God bless you. Right. You sometimes, I get, sometimes I get four different cans mm-hmm. and I open them all up. And I taste them. Mm-hmm. I've done that to, you know, especially now we can't get six and one in the smaller cans, but I do that. I, I just break down the number 10 cans and yeah. I, I have it right now in my freezer. I just freeze it in pints. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. I need more. And my daughter raided in my freezer and took my last two quarts. So Yeah. Well, my kids are going back to school tomorrow. They will raid my freezer entire. I'm <laughs> sure it will be empty tomorrow morning. Yeah. All my sauce will be gone. The meatballs will be gone. The pizzas will be gone. <laughs> yeah. All the important things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, I think we'd all like to know, what is your favorite Italian dish to cook and eat? For me to eat or to make? Well, I know those are two different things, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, let's do both. What's your favorite dish to make? My favorite dish to make mm-hmm. is spadini. Really? I love making spadini. It's a little tedious, mm-hmm. but I like making varieties of it. Some days I'll use artichoke bottoms in it. With I'll do the what? breadcrumbs with the lemon in it, lemon in the breadcrumbs and olive oil. Could you bring me one of those? Pine nuts. <laughs> I don't eat meat. This would be great. I didn't even know that was a thing. Do you eat fish? I eat fish. Can yeah. Make them out of fish. Yeah. Well, make them out of swordfish. Oh, yeah. okay. We have to have a whole nother conversation when we're done with this. Yeah. Like, I maybe might need to come cook with you at your house. Yeah. Like those two versions I would love. And they're hard to cut, mm-hmm. but I'm learning how to cut them the right way. Okay. So like, the only guy I know that makes them is uh, Peter Carini over at Conquer the Oro on mm-hmm. Oakland Avenue. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll go there just for that. Wow. They're really good. That's I make some out of eggplant too. Yeah. Love eggplant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You have to have a look. The trio from him. He Let's has, go. One, Are they open fish, right now? For, one fish, they open one for eggplant, lunch? one beef or chicken. Really? Yeah. That's up on my list right yeah. now. My next carry out. I know where I'm going. Okay. So, what's your favorite dish to eat? Pasta con sugo. Which? It would be like my mom would make for Christmas, and we're going to jump ahead a little bit okay. and go right to the Christmas. Pasta dish. Yep. Where she would make a brujoli, the mm-hmm. beef roll with the eggs and the breadcrumbs. She would make goudini, which is the pig skin, like a flag, about mm-hmm. the same size as the brujoli. And she'd make a special meat mixture of sausage, beef, breadcrumbs, lay that out real thin, roll it, and then brown it. That would go in the sauce with the beef, the meatballs, sausages, pork ribs. Mm-hmm. Uh, pork ox, wow. pig's feet, uh, sometimes pigtails, all in the sauce, and she'd have two big pots going. I was going to say, how big was the pot? I bet it was huge. Yeah. And she'd start that at midnight, and by 2 o'clock the next afternoon, they'd be ready to eat. Delicious. I bet the yeah, flavor was like amazing. Yeah, grease on top of that. Was, <laughs> she'd skim most of it off, but... Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is, it's called pasta con sugo. So that's your favorite the Italian dish to eat. Nice. Nice. I don't have the patience to stay up midnight stirring it every half hour. I know, so. right? Yeah. I just put my sauce on as early as I can in the morning. Stir- mm-hmm. And everyone in my house knows if you pass the pot, stir it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that. And then like for Christmas Eve, we do the seven fishes. Yeah, so we have to talk about. The, are we at Christmas? We're at Christmas, but we got to stop back one, one, uh, one saint that we missed. Okay, let's not let's not skip a saint. You can't forget Santa Rosalia. 
is celebrated twice in Sicily. Once is July 11th, when they mm -hmm. have the big procession in Palermo that goes up the mountain to the shrine. Okay. And that's a big food festival. Mm -hmm. But then in December, and I think the date I got is December 14th, is when the Sicilians in general celebrate it as a day of fasting. And on that day, you don't eat any, any food with processed flour. So in the morning, my mother would make wheat germ with milk and shaved chocolate. She'd make panelli out of chickpea flour, which is like a falafel, only flat, right. like a pancake with uh, parsley and fennel, ground fennel mm -hmm. in it. And then we top it with lemon juice and eat it. And then at night we would have what we call the cuchilla, which is actually both of them. It's, it's the wheat germ again, but this time done up with uh, chickpeas and olive oil. It sounds good, actually. It is. Yeah. It is very filling. And then midnight, you'd have your, you can have your bread again. But that's another one. We used to sell... In the old store, when there was still the heavy Italian population, the Sicilian population, we'd sell 100 pounds, 150 pounds of wheat germ. Wow. On the week before. Okay, so that's that's days gone by because I yeah, bet that's, I, I, I bet there's people, very few people that do that anymore. I don't think we sell 50 pounds a year yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, and then Christmas comes along and you got the seven fishes and then. The pasta sugu or ravioli, mm -hmm. and then maybe steak, uh, a spadini for sure. In right, my, my house we got to do spadini. So the seven fishes is that is that a it's not necessarily Sicilian because like my cousins are our families from Italy, and one side of my family does the seven fishes. Mm -hmm. I did not grow up with the seven fishes, mm -hmm. um, but is not is it. Is it something that happened like once we were here in America, Italians were in America, or it, is that something that's also done? It's done in Sicily. It is. Yeah, especially in the fishing villas like Porticello or right. Aspra, Palermo, because they're fishing all in that area. Right, right, right. So it's a big thing because meat's expensive in mm -hmm. Italy, and frankly, the fish is a lot better than the meat. Right. You know? It's my uh, the meat for a lot of the meat in Sicily, you could get rope and tie it to your feet and have sandals. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not, <laughs> that's why the meat at least cross cut. That's why they marinate it a lot mm -hmm. in oil and lemon, which tenderize and then bread it so that right. when you cook it, it stays moist. Right, right. You know, uh, but the fish in Italy, you have such a variety. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I couldn't even begin to name the top ten fish because there's right. so many. But you, you have um, swordfish is number one, tuna, mm -hmm. octopus, clams, rizzi, which are the sea urchins, um, the bacala, the codfish, um, squimmy, which is uh, mackerel. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't think anymore. There's sea bass, uh, da, 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 the squid, shrimp. You know, so when, so when you make the seven fishes, I know we were talking about it just this past Christmas. So you make it seven. I make the cod two ways. You do make the, all right, that's what I was going to ask. You Oil make the, and lemon with a little red pepper and garlic. Right. Parsley, and tomato sauce with black olives and potatoes. Right. I do the squid. I take the bigger tubes mm -hmm. and stuff it with a mixture of breadcrumbs and eggs. Hold them close with a toothpick. I do uh, saute those in a light tomato sauce and onion mm. and serve them cold sometimes, sometimes over pasta. Right. I do the regular fried squid, like you get in the restaurants, right. bread and deep fried. Uh, I'll do the octopus as a salad. Right. We'll do one octopus plain with just lemon, mm -hmm. especially if we get the ones from Italy or once in a while we get some in or we get some Spanish across the street at right. the store. Uh, the shrimp, you just do boiled like get in any restaurant right um the sea bass you know baked mm -hmm. swordfish do it on the grill and then cut it up uh what else what am i missing i don't know that's, that's a lot that i think you hit seven yeah you might have hit that's nine. the basic for us
we should all be invited on Christmas Eve. That's what I have to say. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Well, this year was just myself, my girlfriend, my son Joe, my brother-in-law and his girlfriend. And uh, we had a lot left over, so we could have probably fed about 20. Because it's hard for me to cut down. I know, I know. You know, we're yeah. usually 20, 30 for right. Christmas Eve at our house. And it's and hard Christmas to... Day, everybody goes their own way. And it's, and it's hard, isn't it, to like think, oh, I'm only cooking for four people. I still might run out of food, but I could feed 20. <laughs> Last year... Well, 2019, I cooked about eight pounds of bakalab, the codfish. Mm -hmm. This year, I did 12 pounds, and we still ran out. Wow. And it was, and number then, one, it was really good. Yeah. And, and actually, and, and this year, I turned more of it over to my son doing the cooking. The only thing I cooked was the squid. That's what I was going to ask you. So do you... so. You're with your kids, I assume, in the kitchen cooking, but they're mm -hmm. taking over more of the cooking? Yeah. But you're sitting on the stool instructing? Well, actually, up until last year, I didn't really do a lot of the cooking. The only thing I would do was the codfish. When my wife passed away, before she passed, she taught the girls how to do all the fish and do the cookies to keep that tradition up. Right. Nice. So... The girls know Maria, especially good. Francesca yeah. pitches in. You know, they do all work on the spadini. Yeah. Thank goodness, right? Right. And then I knew how to make it from watching my mom and my wife and my mother-in-law make it. So, hands on, I never really made the fish until two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And Maria had the baby and it was and up then to you had to, and yeah. the fish. <laughs> and you did it, and I bet it's fantastic. Yeah. And Joey worked in the restaurants, so he worked in a couple of different yeah. time restaurants. He knew what he was doing to begin with. Right, right. You know, and I had enough experience just from watching and, you know. Yeah. And then Christmas Day, you make the sauce. Christmas Day, I don't make the sugo anymore. You don't. So I'm what do you make? I that I haven't done it for two years, <laughs> but it's, I might do it for Easter. So then, what do you make? Um, what do you make in place of it? We had uh, what did I do this year? I can't remember. I did ravioli. Okay. Cheese ravioli with the light tomato sauce mm -hmm. and meatballs on the side. Nice. And I made a brioche. And we had the spadini. Actually, Maria did it. And this year I didn't do that. It was last year, not twenty nineteen. I did that. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I think all things Italian are good. I don't care when you eat them. Yeah, I haven't had, you know, I really like to eat. Italian food is my favorite, and probably a toss-up between Mexican and Indian and then Chinese, somewhere in there. God, Italian would be my favorite, and probably Mexican, and probably like Vietnamese and Thai. Mm -hmm. I love those flavors, both of the, all those, yes. All right, so we've gotten through the holidays. Um, do you get, do you do anything special for New Year's? Just your family? Like, is there any tradition that you have food wise? Uh, usually lobster. Yeah. And I got a real nice deal on lobster this year. They were so big that I burned the top of them in the oven because they're too big. Nice. Yeah. And, and the butter and the garlic. Yeah. Um, mm. And then uh, New Year's Day, what did we do? I did porchettas. Okay. I haven't yeah. made porchettas in a while, so I made two big porchettas, seared them on the grill, and finished them in the house. Nice. And I do them kind of like an American uh, pork roast with potatoes, carrots, and mm -hmm. celery, and then because I love eating the carrots and the juice. I know, right? Mm -hmm. So good. And I stopped because um, I don't eat meat anymore but um just because i'm not a fan of it but when my mom would make anything with the roast mm -hmm. oh man the vegetables around the roast yep. and the juice is the best yeah yeah and i used um uh new year's eve with the lobster i made uh truffle uh mashed potatoes yeah that's delicious and we had that truffle butter across mm -hmm. the street and some of that truffle molotanero oh yeah i shredded a mess of that Mashed they used the Yukon gold potatoes, mashed them with a little milk, and then mashed them by hand so they were chunky. Yeah. And then added the cheese and the butter. Ooh. Who's hungry? Who's hungry? I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so um 
What else? What else should we talk about? Anybody that cooks and, and they haven't made something they made before, use the recipe as a guide. Okay. But make it your own. I mean, this, I, and I tell customers, you know, because I like it this way doesn't mean you're going to like it this way. So make it my way if you want. But if something doesn't sound right to you, that right. doesn't ring a bell, don't be afraid to substitute. If it's that bad, you can always go out and eat. <laughs> right. You know, there's a lot of restaurants you can go to. But, I know. You know. Cooking, you start out with good ingredients, mm-hmm. and it's all basic from there. And it's all about tasting your food while you're cooking, too. you got to keep yeah. tasting it and adjusting it. And, and I agree. I mean, the simple thing like red pepper flakes or no red pepper flakes for some people. Mm-hmm. If you like it spicy, right. put them in. If you don't, leave them out. Yeah. I, uh, it took me a long time to learn because I'm a little heavy-handed when it comes to spices. Mm-hmm. And I like hot. Uh, it's the layer when I cook. So right. When I start, I do a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then the next... A little bit, little bit, little bit until I taste it. And if it's where I want it, if I think I need more pepper or more fennel or more hot pepper, and then I add it. Right. And then and some, some flavors intensify too. That's the other thing, yeah. like as it, as it cooks. Yeah. Well, Same thing with salt. Like you always have to layer your salt too. Right. You mm-hmm. use too much salt. And then there's a lot of recipes I've seen just recently online that call for oregano and uh, pasta sauce. And I go, oregano is for chicken and salads. Mm-hmm. Oregano is not meant for cooking as far as I'm concerned. On meats, yeah. Uh, but even on pizza, when we make our pizzas across the street, the oregano goes on last. It doesn't go in the sauce. Right. Because it gets bitter with the tomato. Mm-hmm. And if people are adding more sugar. I got one lady that told me she's using cumin, coriander, and this in her pasta sauce. And I go... I just shake my hand and it just doesn't sound right. No. But you don't know until you taste them. I know. That's that's true. That's true. A lady who comes in the store, she buys a 10-pound box of pepperoni every year. And she chops it up into big chunks and she puts it in her sauce. Seriously. And she told me, I thought, guys, she said, I'll bring you some. She did. It was really good. <laughs> but you have to like spicy. Right, right. You don't like spicy, you're not going to like it. But it turned out good. Yeah, there's a lot of flavor in pepperoni, actually. Mm-hmm. You yeah. just throw a chunk in for flavor. Yeah. And it's yeah. mostly salt, pepper, uh, fennel. Mm-hmm. So it's not different than regular Italian sausage, except right. it's got paprika. It's the other right, color. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, um, I don't know. I think, like, when I grew up, my mom made sauce one way, and as I've gotten older, I still make sauce how she made it. I've probably changed some things for my own taste, mm-hmm. for sure. I probably put more spice in mine than my mom does, I think. Because, but I've kind of taken over making the sauce now at holidays because she's older. You know, she's mm-hmm. 87. Um, but I, I think back to when I first started making sauce compared to now, I've definitely changed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what if you have kids that don't like spicy then, you know? Right. Yeah, Poor luckily children. all my kids like spicy. Yeah. Uh, but you, know, you can add to to it when you got it on your plate. You can right. add fresh crushed pepper. Right. So that's learned, a staple. Like it's always yeah. on the table, right? That and the Parmesan cheese. Now we got a little guy. My grandson is just a year old. He'll eat anything. I mean, my Joey's been making uh, ramen noodles these, uh, with sriracha sauce. And, he eats and the it? kid just eats it up. We had That's hot ones the other day and flake it off. And he doesn't bat an eye. And I'm going, okay, this kid's ours. Right. <laughs> well, and if he's eating it now and if his palate, you know, the usually kids' palates close, yeah. some never do. My daughter's never did. She she tried anything and everything for her whole life. My son's palate closed and he got really picky. But then when he was really growing as a teenager, all of a sudden he was starting to eat all different kinds of food. Everything I introduced him when he was little came right back. Mm-hmm. And now he's the spicy kid eater like crazy. Yeah. yeah. And this kid's zucchini with garlic and olive oil. Yeah, that's great. Eats it up, beans. So it's good. That's great. But food is like, you know, to me and our family, you know, the food is what you're welcome. Come on mm-hmm. in. 
Exactly. Had, my mother always had enough. I mean, my friend Jim, they were German-Irish, and uh, he was supposed to go home at 6 o'clock and 6.30, whatever, and we're eating, and my mom says, you got to eat. And because his mom didn't cook Italian at all. It was steak and potatoes or pork chop. Right. And she'd call the house, Mary, where's Jim? He's eating. Again? Yeah. Mom, <laughs> she won't let me go. <laughs> but food is love. I mean, food is love. It's So I um, I recently visited my mom in Appleton, and I did not take my mask off because she hasn't had her vaccine yet. And since I, you know, work in the store with the public, I want to be careful. It really made her crazy, like I wouldn't eat lunch. And she's like, just sit on the other side of the room. I made chicken soup. Have, you know, yeah. it really bothered her that I wouldn't eat. And I have to say that that was the hardest thing. Like, well, my dad got sick and he... She couldn't make him his favorite meals. Mm. It's hard. It is. His food is love. Yeah, we're the same way. We grew up in a house. There were seven of us around the table, but there was always someone's friend at the table. Yeah. We, yeah. Our house wasn't open. And that was, enjoyed it. It was a great neighborhood, yeah. too. Still is. But back then, it was doors were open. Anybody could walk around. Mrs. G, it's Harlan, it's Jimmy. Yeah, it's that's Cliff. great. Yeah. yeah. Well, things change, but you know what the great thing is, is you're carrying it on with your kids it's, so that hopefully they carry it on with their kids to yeah. some degree or another. I, I think they will because Maria is a good cook and Teddy's in the kitchen with her. Right. Almost all mm-hmm. day when he's home with her. Uh, Eric, her husband's a good cook. Francesca and her husband, they're both good cooks, booties. Mm-hmm. So if they have kids, I'm sure they'll teach them. Yep. Joey worked in a couple different restaurants, Italian. He worked with the Safina boys over at Tutos and then with my brother-in-law. Um, he knows how to cook. So, I mean, it's, I don't think the cooking end of it's not going to get lost. And then I tell them all the old stories about the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, all the yeah. old sayings and what it was like growing up. Yeah, and that stuff's that, priceless. Yeah, when it really we is. my dad when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. Loading the truck, loading the produce from my grandfather. Yeah, it's you know I was close to my grandfather and was my dad for most of, most of my life because they were here working in the store all day and then in the restaurant at night with Teddy. Right, especially if there was a party, so we spent weekends with my grandfather or with my mom's sister, whose husband was off the boat. Right, right. So and they, he was not with on, so I learned different things there. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know? So yeah, culinary wise. I was exposed to a lot of different things, Italian. Yeah. When we went to Italy in 63, I was 10 years old. We ate all over, and there was nothing I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember being disappointed. We were in Italy two weeks. We couldn't find pizza. Yeah. We went to Venice. <laughs> right. You know, and then they made it more like the Sfinjuni, the Sicilian style. Mm-hmm. Like it was very plain sauce, and then, but it tasted so good. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You're lucky. We have that experience at 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, a lot of kids nowadays have that experience because people fly more, you know, they go places, but. Yeah, yeah. we went by boat. Wow. So we were on the ocean, I think, nine days or 10 days. So we went to uh, New York, Boston, Halifax, uh, Lisbon, Portugal, Gibraltar, Madrid, and then across to Naples. Wow. So we had Spanish food, Portuguese, you know. Oh, my God. That sounds like a trip. Yeah. I mean, really, just the food alone. Not to mention what you might have seen. I didn't want to come home. Yeah. My uncle, my mom's uncle, my great uncle, and her had to drag me on the boat in Naples. Oh. I didn't want want to leave Sicily. My cousins had to shove me on the train. Yeah. And Sicily was like a king. I mean, my cousin said he'd send me to school in Ecuador. I was out fishing with Malcolm in the morning for octopus and <laughs> whatever. We were out in the ocean early in the morning. Yeah. And go out every morning. Go up and tend the sheep at night for something different. My cousin Carlo and I went up with the shotgun because there was wolves in the mountains. Yeah. To yeah. tend the sheep. And we stayed in a little stone hut. That's how I learned to make the fried olives with the cheese. Dump, in, dump your bread in the olive oil and have a little wine. Mm. At 10 years old. At 10 years old. You're one lucky guy. Yeah. 
I hope you realize that. Yeah, I do. And I'm one lucky girl because I get to sit and talk to you and hear all this. Seriously, and I get to work with you. My grandfather used to tell me he used to peddle fish. And you go from San Giuseno to Mistretta, which is like roughly from here to Racine. Right. And he'd walk it. And it was mostly uphill. Mm -hmm. And he always talked about the water trough on the side of the road with the lion's head. So when I was there, one of the first things I did was walk there. And my aunt wouldn't let me go alone, so I went with my cousin Carlo. He thought I was crazy. But when I told him how my grandfather talked about this lion's head, Mm -hmm. it was still there in 1963. Yeah. When he left Sicily in 1910, 1911, you know, he went back in 51, and, you know, it was like... It's probably still there. It is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things like that don't go away Mm-mm. in old countries, you know. And my aunt, my mom had her great, great aunt. When we were there in 63, she was 102 years old. And she was still doing the shopping for the family there in Mastretta. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Probably walking on the cobblestone yeah. streets, right? Always like in a skirt right. or yeah. a dress. One of the grandchildren right? or the daughters or nieces mm-hmm. had to go with her. They wouldn't let her go alone. Yeah. But she would supervise from her chair the cooking in the kitchen because the family ate with her almost every night. Wow. That's something, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. That's special. She lived 108. She was 108 when she passed away. Wow. So it kept her alive. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Mm. I hope I have my mom until 108. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. So, um, okay, I think we've had a really great chat today. I learned a lot. I love talking about food with you. Now we're hungry. We're going to need to go eat some lunch. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so um, we can sit down again and talk anytime. And for any of our listeners out there, we have virtual live classes going on. Maybe we'll get Felix back in the kitchen doing a virtual live class, which would be fun. And... um, Love to hear your feedback, but we have, I think right now we have three classes scheduled in the next couple of weeks, and we're about to put more up on our website, gloriosas.com. Thank you for joining me today, my Felix. Pleasure. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. You're Ciao. Ciao.